This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Many know the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and can even recite portions of it by heart. But what's really the story behind St. Nicholas? Stay tuned to learn more about St. Nicholas, The Gift Giver, by Ned Bustard, a book from IVP Kids. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwen. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Ezekiel chapter 23, verse 22, through chapter 25, verse 11. Therefore, Aholabah, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look here, I'm about to stir up against you, the lovers with whom you were disgusted. I will bring them against you from every side, the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekod, Shoah, and Koah, and all the Assyrians with them, desirable young men, all of them governors and officials, officers and nobles, all of them riding on horses. They will attack you with weapons, chariots, wagons, and with a huge army. They will array themselves against you on every side with large shields, small shields, and helmets. I will assign them the task of judgment. They will punish you according to their laws. I will direct my jealous anger against you, and they will deal with you in rage. They will cut off your nose and your ears, and your survivors will die by the sword. They will seize your sons and daughters, and your survivors will be consumed by fire. They will strip your clothes off you and take away your beautiful jewelry. So I will put an end to your obscene conduct and your prostitution that you have practiced in the land of Egypt. You will not seek their help or remember Egypt anymore. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Look here, I am about to deliver you over to those whom you hate, to those with whom you were disgusted. They will treat you with hatred, take away all you have labored for, and leave you naked and bare. Your nakedness will be exposed, just as when you engaged in prostitution and obscene conduct. I will do these things to you because you engaged in prostitution with the nations, polluting yourself with their idols. You have followed the ways of your sister, so I will place her cup of judgment in your hand. This is what the sovereign Lord says. You will drink your sister's deep and wide cup. You will be scorned and derided, for it holds a great deal. You will be overcome by drunkenness and sorrow, 
The cup of your sister Samaria is a cup of horror and desolation. You will drain it dry, gnaw its pieces, and tear out your breast. For I have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you have forgotten me and completely disregarded me, you must bear now the punishment for your obscene conduct in prostitution. The Lord said to me, Son of man, are you willing to pronounce judgment on Ahola and Ohalaba? Then share to them their abominable deeds, for they have committed adultery, the blood is on their hands. They have committed adultery with their idols and their sons, whom they bore to me. They have passed through the fire as food to their idols. Moreover, they have done this to me, and the very same day they desecrated my sanctuary and profaned my Sabbaths. On the same day they slaughtered their sons for their idols. They came to my sanctuary to desecrate it. This is what they have done in the middle of my house. They even sent for men from far away. When the messenger arrived, those men set out. For them you bathed, painted your eyes, and decorated yourself with jewelry. You sat on a magnificent couch with a table arranged in front of it, where you placed my incense and my olive oil. The sound of a carefree crowd accompanied her, including all kinds of men, even Sabians, were brought from the desert. The sisters put bracelets on their wrists and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said about the one worn out by adultery. Now they will commit immoral acts with her. They slept with her the way someone sleeps with a prostitute. In this way, they slept with Ohala and Ohalaba, promiscuous women. But upright men will punish them appropriately for their adultery and bloodshed, because they are adulteresses and blood is on their hands. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Bring up an army against them and subject them to terror and plunder. That army will pelt them with stones and slash them with their swords. They will kill their sons and daughters and burn their houses. I will put an end to the obscene conduct in the land. All the women will learn a lesson from this and not engage in obscene conduct. They will repay you for your obscene conduct, and you will be punished for idol worship. Then you will know that I am the Sovereign Lord. Chapter 24, The Boiling Pot The Lord's message came to me in the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month. Son of man, write down the name of this day, this very day. The king of Babylon has laid siege to Jerusalem this very day. Recite a proverb to this rebellious house and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Set on the pot, set it on, pour water in it too and the pieces of meat to it, every good piece, the thigh and the shoulder, fill it with choice bones, take the choice bone of the flock, heap up wood under it, boil rapidly, and boil its bones in it. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Woe to the city of bloodshed, the pot whose rot is in it, whose rot has not been removed from it, empty it piece by piece, no lot has fallen on it, for her blood was in it. She poured it on an exposed rock. She did not pour it on the ground to cover it up with dust, to arouse anger, to take vengeance. I have placed her blood on an exposed rock so that it cannot be covered up. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Woe to the city of bloodshed. I will also make the pile high. Pile up the wood, kindle the fire. Cook the meat well. Mix in the spices. Let the bones be charred. Set the empty pot on the coals until it becomes hot and its copper glows, until its uncleanness melts within it, 
and its rot is consumed. It has tried my patience, yet its thick rot is not removed from it. Subject its rot to the fire. You mix uncleanness with obscene conduct. I tried to cleanse you, but you are not clean. You will not be cleansed from your uncleanness until I have exhausted my anger on you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Judgment is coming, and I will act. I will not relent or show pity or be sorry. I will judge you according to your conduct and your deeds, declares the Sovereign Lord. Ezekiel's Wife Dies The Lord's message came to me, Son of man, realize that I am about to take the delight of your eyes away from you with a jolt, but you must not mourn or weep or shed tears. Groan to moan for the dead, but do not perform mourning rites. Bind on your turban and put your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your lip and do not eat food brought by others. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and my wife died in the evening. In the morning I acted just as I was commanded. Then the people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things you are doing mean for us? So I said to them, The Lord's message came to me. Say to the house of Israel, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Realize I am about to desecrate my sanctuary, the source of your confident pride the object in which your eyes delight, and your life's passion. Your very own sons and daughters whom you have left behind will die by the sword. Then you will do as I have done. You will not cover your lip or eat food brought by others. Your turbans will be on your heads and your sandals on your feet. You will not mourn or weep, but you will rot for your inequities and groan among yourselves. Ezekiel will be an object lesson for you. You will do all that he has done. When it happens, then you will know that I am the Sovereign Lord. And you, Son of Man, this is what will happen on the day I take from them their stronghold, their beautiful source of joy, the object in which their eyes delight, and the main concern of their lives, as well as their sons and daughters. On that day a fugitive will come to you to report the news. On that day you will be able to speak again. You will talk to the fugitive and be silent no longer, you will be an object lesson for them, and they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 25 A Prophecy Against Ammon The Lord's message came to me, Son of man, turn towards the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, Hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You said, Aha, about my sanctuary when it was desecrated, about the land of Israel when it was made desolate, and about the house of Judah when they went to exile. So take note, I am about to make you slaves of the tribes of the east. They will make camps among you and pitch their tents among you. They will eat your fruit and drink your milk. I will make Rabbath, a pasture for camels, and Ammon, a resting place for sheep. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced with intense scorn over the land of Israel, take note. I have stretched out my hand against you, and I will hand you over as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples and make you perish from the lands. I will destroy you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. A Prophecy Against Moab This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Moab and Seir say, Look, the house of Judah is like all the other nations. So look, I am about to open up Moab's flank, eliminating the cities including its frontier cities, the beauty of the land, Beth Jeshemoth, 
Baal-meon, and Carathiam, I will hand it over, along with the Ammonites, to the tribes of the east, so that the Ammonites will no longer be remembered among the nations. I will execute judgments against Moab. Then they will know that I am the Lord. New Testament reading. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 48. About noon the next day, while they were on their way approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were preparing the meal, a trance came over him. He saw heaven opened and an object something like a large sheet descending, being let down to earth by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and wild birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, slaughter and eat. But Peter said, Certainly not, Lord, for I have never eaten anything defiled and ritually unclean. The voice spoke to him again a second time. What God has made clean, you must not consider ritually unclean. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into heaven. Now while Peter was puzzling over what the vision he had seen could signify, the men sent by Cornelius had learned where Simon's house was and approached the gate. They called out to ask if Simon, known as Peter, was staying there as a guest. While Peter was still thinking seriously about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Look, three men are looking for you, but get up. Go down and accompany them without hesitation, because I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and said, Here I am, the person you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, Cornelius the centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear a message from you. So Peter invited them in and entertained them as guests. On the next day, he got up and set out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. The following day, he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting anxiously for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So when Peter came in, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter helped him up, saying, Stand up. I, too, am a mere mortal. Peter continued talking with him as he went in, and he found many people gathered together. He said to them, You know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Yet God has shown me that I should call no person defiled or ritually unclean. Therefore, when you sent for me, I came without any objection. Now may I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius replied, Four days ago at this very hour, at three o'clock in the afternoon, I was praying in my house, and suddenly a man in shining clothing stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your acts of charity have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and summon Simon, who is called Peter. This man is staying as a guest in the house of Simon, the tanner by the sea. Therefore, I sent for you at once, and you were kind enough to come. So now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to say to us. Then Peter started speaking. I now truly understand that God does not show favoritism in dealing with people, but in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is welcome before him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. 
He is the Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, with respect to Jesus from Nazareth, that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did both in Judea and Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him up on the third day and caused him to be seen, not by all the people, but by us, the witnesses God had already chosen, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to warn them that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. About him all the prophets testify, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had accompanied Peter were greatly astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, No one can withhold the water for these people to be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Can he? So he gave orders to have them baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay for several days. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Holy and gracious and righteous God, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you, O Lord that we have been grafted into the family of God. Those of us who represent the farthest of places in the world, those of us who were not a part of God's beloved community initially, but have been brought in by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for this kindness and this mercy. We thank you for this reminder that what God has made clean is truly clean that what God has purified, that what God has made holy is indeed holy. And we thank you, O Lord, that we have been set apart, that we have been made holy for your good purposes and intentions. And even when our conscience, and even when the world, and even when bigotry and, and lies and racism and misogyny tell us something different, we are reminded that we are the set apart people of God. We thank you for this truth. We thank you, O God, that Your Holy Spirit has come and your Holy Spirit lives within us, that your spirit testifies to the truth of your word, to the love that you have for us, a love that you have set upon us and a love that you have promised to us before the foundations of the earth and before we were in our mother's wombs. It is a love that you have sought us with, that you have claimed us by and that you keep us even right now by that powerful and eternal love. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your kindness and compassion towards us. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that we are now your people, that we are not lost and going astray, but that you have called us unto yourself. And God, we thank you that we are not your enemies, and we are not the enemies of the people of God any longer, but instead we are a part of the people of God. We thank you for this uh, beautiful family, complicated, (laughs) difficult at times, 
desperately in need of you, desperately in need of Jesus. And yet we are a part of the family of God. And it is a family that you have made promises to, a family that you have given your very own blood on behalf of. And we thank you for this, O God. And we pray that we would live lives that reflect our appreciation, our love, our gratitude for what you have done on our behalf in making us a part of your people, O Lord. We pray, O God, that the power of the Holy Spirit would be at work and clear and obvious to us in small and large ways even today. Where we are weak, would you grant to us strength in you? Where we are confused, would you bring to us clarity through your word? Where we feel oppressed and condemned and led astray, would you save us and redeem us and make us whole again, O Lord? For everything that we lack, you have more than enough. You are indeed our all-sufficient God. And so pour out your spirit anew to us, O God. Fill us up to full and let that be evident in the way that we love others and the way that we forgive and the way that we serve, O God. Let it be said of us like it was of Cornelius, that we lived lives of charity and lives of justice, O God, for your name's sake. We thank you, O Lord, for your kindness and mercy towards us and that we are your children. It is in Christ's name that we pray and express eternal gratitude. Amen and amen. Around Christmas, we spend a lot of time thinking about presents, but have you ever wondered why we give gifts? Learn about the life of St. Nicholas and discover why he became known as one of the greatest gift givers of all time. In Ned Bustard's book, St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, told as a delightful poem, this colorfully illustrated book will be enjoyed by children and the adults who read with them. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth's Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Oh, 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 oh,